Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and today I'm joined by Kyle and we have Scott. Hey, what's up, nerds? Hey. Uh, we have stopped playing Diablo for a moment to record some Geek Freaks. Uh, just a quick, we'll do so, we're gonna dive into Endgame Diablo because I think we're all kind of at that phase now, but just a quick check in, what level is everybody? I am like right about 51. Uh, I'm at about mid to late 30s. Okay. I haven't been putting as much time into Diablo 4 as you two have, but I want to correct that in the coming week. Good. Yeah, you're uh, you're not as big of a nerd as we are. Um, I'm I'm like 51, 52, I okay. think. Um, you know, I've done like my, my capstone dungeon, and I've yeah. done some nightmare things. Feels good to get that at the at the end game, and this is better than any Diablo, or at least Diablo three for sure. And uh, feels like a true MMORPG somehow. It's amazing. So I'm enjoying that a lot. Uh, all right. Two things I want to announce before we go too far. Uh, over at Challenge Accepted, which is our movie-focused podcast, movie and TV shows, uh, we're doing a food drive. And the more listens we get, the more food we donate to local food banks. Uh, we have like a kindergartner <laughs> thermometer chart going and everything. So go over there, guys. If Just every listen adds towards the to- total and we're going to be donating canned foods and mac and cheese. I talked to the food bank. They said they could always use a lot of mac and cheese. So we're busting that out. And it's just all you got to do is listen. And then over here on Geek Freaks, the day that this podcast goes out, you can head over to the Twitter. And if you write a review for the podcast and send us a screen grab for it, you'll be entered into a sweepstakes to enter to win a brand new shirt. We're going to be designing a brand new shirt and you'll be uh, you'll have your chance to win that. So all you got to do is review the podcast, send us a screen grab of it and boom, you're in the entry. All right, guys, we're going to dive right into the news because we have a lot of Xbox stuff to talk about today. So we're going to go over some quickies and uh, then we'll get into that awesome Xbox news. First off, Captain America 4 changed its name from New World Order to Brave New World. Why do you think they changed the name of this? Do you have any idea? Due to branding disputes with the WWE and the New World Order, NWO, like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I never even, that didn't even come across I, my mind. That's what Kevin would say. So that's Yeah, what I didn't even think about New World Order in, in WWE. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I was thinking because New World Order sounds depressing. <laughs> Brave New World sounds like, like kind of like, oh, it's optimistic. You know, Captain America's going to win out or something like that. New World Order feels like, oh, we're going to walk away with this thing and like Hydra wins or something. <laughs> it doesn't sound great. It could be branding issues, actually. When I heard, when I read it, I thought, I mean, NWO, right? Wrestling, um, which actually started on WCW back in the day. So that's my little bit of wrestling knowledge. But also, yeah, like New World Order is kind of tied into some authoritarian sort of, you know, things in the world. Yeah. Um, throughout history, like we're going to make a new world order uh, where, yeah, like I guess maybe they felt like it didn't fit the tone of the movie, whereas Brave New World sounds much more like optimistic. And sounds like a Disney princess is going to come in at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, a brave new world. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think about the new name. It's very odd for Marvel to change a name like that. But uh, yeah, they're they're changing a lot of things right now, actually. Moving on over to the DC side, the Flash director, Andre Muschietti, has been tapped to make the brand new Batman. That's the Brave and the Bold Batman, which will have Robin in there. Everything we're hearing, we actually had Thomas go over there and do that. There's a full review is over on Challenge Accepted. 
giving it an A plus for the Flash. Pretty impressive. I uh, I had tickets for it, and then the wait was like four hours in line to go. I was like, nah, that's right. I'll wait till I can reserve my seat in the regular theater. Wednesday season two, we we just heard that they're going to be ditching the romance plot. It I you know I just didn't do go over very well, I guess or whatever. They're going full horror. I think this is a good fit for this. I think that the it felt too teen drama y. Did you guys have a chance to watch Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, I watch I watched season one. What did you like? What did you think of the whole like romance side of that show? I mean, I I get it because it leans to the twist at the end. So it does yeah. make sense overall. You know, not to spoil anything, but it made more sense at the end. You know, back in like I remember the movie, you know, the original movie, uh, well, I don't know if it was original. There's probably been a bunch of them, but Mm-hmm. You know, the movie back in the day in the 90s, I think, um, you know, where she goes off to camp and there is the guy that's kind of a romantic interest. And it's just yeah. like funny seeing her interact with that, re- you know, normal world kind of thing. So I think it's an element that was fine to explore, but it did kind of like dominate the whole plot. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I mean, we're supposed to be watching Wednesday Adams just like terrorize these kids you know the most memorable parts of like the old adams family movies are like her torturing those people during the play like it's all her being like chaotic and crazy like those are all the best parts it's not oh that one part where they shared a kiss like nobody remembers that nobody cares you know yeah it was interesting to see this nerdy kid just like oh my god i'm so in love because he is all of us you know who was just like i want I want an emo goth girl to step on me. You know, that's always the meme, right? <laughs> yeah. It was really, really overdone, I felt like. I think you're right, yeah. Ahsoka is releasing August 28th, and we found out there's going to be eight episodes. This is by far the thing I'm looking forward to the most this year now, and uh, it's just looking incredible. You guys got to watch Rebels. I know I know. Kevin watched Rebels. Kyle, did you watch Rebels? Because I think Rosario Dawson is amazing in the role, having seen her in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And also with the late Ray Stevenson, this is pretty oh. much his last known role that I am aware of. So I'm looking forward to seeing that yeah. as well. I completely forgot that he was in this after they announced his passing and was just thinking about some of his other stuff. And then it was like, oh, that's right. We're going to see him one more time in this. So it's kind of nice to have that gift. But damn, what? A, how crazy. So we know that the character will have to do something with the character if he doesn't die in the show. But man, that's sucks. Yeah. We also lost the Iron Sheik, actually. Speaking of people passing, we lost the Iron Sheik this week, yes. uh, which is some old school wrestling legend and was always, I mean, to me, like 80s wrestling is the Iron Sheik versus Hulk Hogan. And uh, <laughs> it's just classic. So it sucks to see him go. Two more quickies here. Adult Swim is adding something called a checkered past. It's going to be a block that they're extending Adult Swim with. It's going to just air 90s Cartoon Network shows like Dexter's Lab, Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, was the other one? Car- uh, Courage of Cowardly Dog, all those. And clearly pandering to us millennials. And it's going to be making Adult Swim one hour earlier. So it's kind of like for the older kids that have a later bedtime. So basically, Adult Swim slowly taking over Cartoon Network. No, no, it's for the, the older people that can't stay up late enough for Adult Swim anymore. <laughs> they got to go to bed to go to work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Adult Swim's in a weird spot, though, because I think it's I think even like younger generations don't watch. They don't watch Celestial TV, especially, you know, and I remember Adult Swim was like the jam when I was in my early 20s. And you had like Venture Brothers and you had Metalocalypse and Squidbillies, all these fantastic shows. I'll go to Hunger Force. 
But nowadays, like, if they're going to come to HBO, I'll watch them. Like, you know, I'll stream it. But other than that, I won't watch them. It's kind of a weird thing, but I think they're trying to get the millennials back because they know that Gen Z is not going to come watch Celestial TV. They're just not into it at all. It's going to become a millennial network, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Lastly, Bioware is being handed off, or is handing off, I'm sorry, Old Republic uh, to Broadsword so they can focus on Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Now, I played Old Republic. I think all of us played Old Republic. It's a solid MMO. What does this mean for the for the Old Republic players? I did some research. You know, okay. you know yeah. me. Um, so Broadsword runs Ultima Online and Dark Age of Camelot mm-hmm. is, you know, we shortened to Dayok, uh, which I played back in the day. It was a great game. Um, of course, you know, it just died when WoW came out, like most MMOs have. Ultima Online is still on online. Uh, it currently runs 10 to 15,000 people daily, but it's last uh, when it was passed off to Broadsword, they said they were going to create more content, uh, and pretty much they've had no new content since 2010. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Dayok runs three to 6K people per day and has not had new content since the last expansion in 2007 with the previous company. You know, so it looks like this is where MMOs go to die. Or to, well, not die, but limp along on life support, you yeah. know? Um, so I get the feeling it's probably just a very, very small company that just kind of runs servers and does some bug fix, you know, hot fix patches. Um, but, you know, Star Wars The Old Republic had an expansion last year in February, February 2022. And it's still, according to reports, pulls in. 200,000 players per day. I mean, that's that's no that's World of Warcraft, but that's a respectable number for most MMOs that are even out these days. So it's kind of a head scratcher for me because Swatar is not dead. Mm-hmm. So why is it being given to the company that you give dead MMOs to? I Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm wondering is if this, if this is kind of like an alternate route than like going private server mode which is really saying we're done with this project um and just trying to milk out as much as you can on this thing i can't imagine them continuing the story with this company but also could this be a chance for this company to really take something and run with it maybe they'll make new content finally for something that has a live i don't know what do you think kyle any thoughts well uh from what i've been understanding the current updates from ea have been minuscule at best like i heard mm-hmm. the most recent expansion was completable within a few hours oh, so man. i don't know if that'll be the trend moving forward with broadsword or not however uh i'll be surprised if they do decide to you know put their ambition to the test and see what they can give us in the long run but i highly doubt it <laughs> i don't think it's gonna happen yeah so i wonder if like the fan base was so upset about the lackluster content coming out. They're like, let's, you know, they're like, let's at least give it to these guys over here and give them something of actual use other than a 3000 per, you know, person game and see if we can't get something out of that. I would like to see this company use this time to refocus and revitalize the community because an MMO community is so valuable and I think is, is the best of gaming and hopefully they can see that value and push it forward and actually make something out of it. That'd be really nice. All right, you guys have heard me talk about Magic Mind before. I want to make sure to mention them again. 
Magic Mind was kind enough to send me two weeks supplies of their product. And I've got to say, I've loved every moment of it. Uh, again, I drink it after my coffee and it extends the life of the coffee up to four hours, which if you guys are coffee drinkers like me and can't <laughs> go without it, you know that that's, that's just crazy. Usually you're going through multiple cups a day, but Magic Mind's been very good for that. Better yet, it's all natural. I'm going to put the link in the description for the website so you guys can go and see everything that's in that bottle and make sure you're okay with it. But I'm telling you, it is good stuff and I really appreciate it. It's helped me so much with my focus and productivity this last few weeks. And I've been a big fan. I, I am a big fan of Magic Mind and will be a continued user. I hope you guys will join me on this journey and try out Magic Mind. They've been a very good company. If you guys head to their website, the link will be in the description and use code GEEKF20, you're gonna get 50% off your subscription. And by the way, you can get like a single order or a subscription, but the subscription is dramatically less expensive. I would try out the subscription if I were you, it's really good. So again, that's GEEKF20. I don't tell you guys about a product without me being the first guinea pig, and I'm telling you about this product because I know it works, and I appreciate this product very much. Uh, again, it extends that life of that coffee. It keeps you calm yet focused. It's good stuff. Thank you, Magic Mind. All right, let's go ahead and get into the rest of the news. All right, we're going to go ahead and go into the Xbox showcase. They had a ton of things they announced. Frankly, I think a little bit too much stuff to announce. We're going to go over our favorite announcements, kind of see what we think of Xbox, where they're headed. Kyle, you want to lead us off? What were some of the biggest things that you liked the most from this uh, showcase? Well, uh, if we're jumping straight into favorites, I mean, Starfield, of course, was the yeah. big headline of the day. Seeing that direct from Bethesda Studios and Todd Howard, I think they really knocked it out of the park. I know this is Todd Howard we're talking about, the man of lies, but <laughs> I, I want to believe. I love hate relationship with him, honestly. <laughs> I, I, I recognize the problems, but also I'm like, yeah, but also, you know, at your helm, you've created these long, big stories that I'm cool with. But he also did Fallout 76. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a tough one with him. Which also got an announcement today. Uh, you know, I mean, Todd Howard is obviously going to re-release Starfield at least seven times before he retires. Yeah. So we'll have that to look for. And I'm going to buy it every time on different consoles. and Yeah, because you're... <laughs> You're absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I'm already looking to buy Diablo on PS5 and I just got You're the reason they keep releasing Skyrim again instead of making a new Elder Scrolls. Yeah, but uh, Skyrim's so good. I want to own it on everything for that. For when I want to play that that same opening scene where you're in the back of that wagon since, that I've been playing since 2010. I do like this Starfield more, than, more now than ever because one of the things they were talking about because they did the whole Starfield Direct afterwards. They talk about how we're trying to stick with the Bethesda look where everything kind of feels almost low tech and high tech, which I didn't realize at first when I was first looking at the trailers. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But then when you see it, like, oh, that's right. They were using like chunky astronaut suits and everything's got like analog switches and stuff like that. It almost feels like an old Star Wars in a way or something like NASA could actually make this in 15 years kind of thing. Uh, I like that and I'm fully on board. Pretty cool aesthetics. No, I agree. I I think that's one of the more uh, ambitious features is to have like a fully analog, like control panel type of feel to all the technology in the game. Like, you know, kind of similar to like how Alien did it in the yeah. movies. And, you know, to me, that kind of lo-fi sort of emphasis, like it really makes everything feel like it's got weight to it. Like it's got 
character. And that's exciting to me. I think that's a great move on their part. And I think, um, you know, they were trying to pull off of, you know, reality really, uh, because, you know, when you go up into the space station or whatever, whatever, you don't see, you know, giant computer screens and, and Iron Man technology with, you know, 3D, you know, displays or whatever. No, it's like, there's a bunch of really kind of low tech stuff because, you know, it requires less power. uh, It's less prone to break, you know, and you don't want your shit breaking when you're flying through space. (laughs) Microsoft update on your big screens. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just, you're over there trying to set up the hyperdrive and yeah, oh, sh- Microsoft update, sorry. <laughs> Norton's stealing all my RAM. <laughs> I'm a little worried by the size of the map. Like, of course, it's supposed to be impressive. And if there's a company to, to pull it off, would be this one. But we've seen this like No Man's Skies when they impre- when they show like, look at all these galaxies. You're like, okay, so first off, I'm not going to be able to fully explore any of these planets. We just know that. And we're going to land on pretty small towns or pretty small areas. And they're probably going to be procedurally generated, maybe, when they get out there pretty far. I'm a little concerned by that. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, one of the main things they were trying to declare was that, oh, you got over a thousand planets to explore. But really, I think more than half of those are going to be kind of like similar to like how Mass Effect 2 and 3 did their whole galaxies, where you can discover a planet for resources and just interact with it, but you can't actually land on it. <laughs> That would suck. I think we're only going to have a handful of these worlds to land on and do questing in. Yeah. Maybe like a dozen. Yeah, kind of Destiny. Destiny does it that way, where it's just like, oh, it's basically just a different continent or whatever. Um, And I, I noticed that when he clicked on a planet, it showed a loading, like a loading landing sequence instead of you actually pulling into it. It's like, okay, so I get it. It's a cutscene. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. All right, well, we're going ahead. Let's head into fantasy. We got our Fable trailer. All cinematic. It was kind of setting up the, I think it was reminding fans of the whimsy that uh, Fable had that maybe might be forgotten if you played Elder Scrolls, you don't, you know, you don't know that. But other than that, we didn't get much from this. Is there anything in particular you guys liked from this trailer, didn't like? What do you guys think? I wanted gameplay. Yeah. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. I mean, yeah, it's great to have that quirky English, British humor back. Like, that's always been a, a cobblestone, so to speak, a Fable. And, you know, while it was great to get a trailer filing and a confirmation that they're developing it, I kind of wish we got some more of an idea of how this game will play. Because right now, this seems so far out from what Fable is, or was. And with this game, it's kind of like, this makes no sense, like, if you played the past games. So, you know, keeping my eyes open. I'm seeing hints of Fable 1, but definitely not 2 and 3. Like, to me, I'm seeing some hints. I mean, like, literally, at one point, she kicked a chicken. So, I mean, like, I think that they're trying to go back to Fable 1 all the way back, you know? Um, mm. But definitely, like, a lot of jokes, a lot of... I Here's my thing. Xbox needs some exclusives that are going to be able to compete with, with PlayStation. That's just how it is. Yes. And this is, like, the best title. One of the best titles you guys have bought, and especially one that's not owned by Bethesda as well. And uh, I need to see some gameplay, and I need to see that it can hold up to the God of Wars to the, you know, Last of Us kind of games. And so far, I'm not impressed yet. I don't think any Fable has lived up to the first one. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. I Agreed. think number one is still the best one. Um, you know, I think they've gone in different directions. They've tried new things. And I, you know, I mean, I applaud them for that. They've, you know, seen fairly success with that. 
But yeah, it kind of brought the same old humor into it where, you know, I like how we we see the hero kind of going through and people kind of like talk trash or like stole the drink and throw threw the mug down like, yeah, I'm a hero. Because, in the you know, definitely in the first one, it was like hero is a very subjective term um you know the good guys are heroes the bad guys are heroes like it it can it means a range of things and yeah like there was a game where you had to kick chickens you know into scoring sections to like win a prize or whatever like it it definitely didn't take itself too seriously uh but there were times that that there was some gravitas and now we have I, I kind of liked when they went into it with like heroes are dead. I'm just trying to grow vegetables. You know, I don't care about this stuff. Pumpkins, you know? Yeah. But I was like, okay, this is at least kind of funny. And then it's like Jack and the Beanstalk. I don't know. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. This doesn't make any sense. And I don't know what Fable's doing anymore. Right. That was my impression too. <laughs> I never really thought about it, but I guess the Jack of the Beanstalk story, it's a fairy tale, but it also could be considered a fable. So I wonder if that's what they're going to be leaning. Like, again, this is a reboot. We all know that in a way of the entire franchise. So I wonder now if we're going to be getting old fables brought up into this, not just like a whole new uh, fantasy world. But what if they're kind of shrekking this and we get our old fairy tales and fables in this game? Because that might be awesome, actually. Like if all of a sudden we got Humpty Dumpty as a side character. Like I mentioned before, I, I just think we need more information. Um, yeah, you know, it's promising for sure, but it's hard to, you know, give any more analysis into this because I I feel like without gameplay, there's not really much to discuss to begin with. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And then speaking of something, we are going to get more gameplay for. We have, and this is actually getting the most buzz on Twitter. Star Wars Outlaws. We've been waiting to see this for a while. This is Ubisoft Star Wars game. We were surprised when they even got the access to Star Wars game. Between recordings and release, there's going to be gameplay for this, and I'll talk about it over on Headlines. So that's our daily podcast. That Go check that out, guys. I'll talk more about this. But people are excited about this. I did not see a single lightsaber the entire time. Uh, it looks like it's definitely a shooter. It looks like it's kind of a, maybe a Fallout, not a Fallout, a uh, Far Cry in space. And boy, this sidekick looks freaking dope. He's one of the battle droids. He's wearing a dope-ass, <laughs> like almost like Soviet Russia jacket. He looks cool. Uh, what do you guys think about this? I'm going to be the probably the only one that feels kind of negative, but honestly, you I didn't feel like it added anything new. I mean, it's okay. it's scrappy underdog going off into space on what sounds like vague mission to do whatever. Um, and I mean, it looked like the Mos Eisley Cantina. We see the same ships. We see the same troops. We see the... The same places we always go in Star Wars, doing the same things. And yeah, no gameplay. So I have no gameplay to be like, well, at least that's cool. It just, I mean, I don't know. Um, It just doesn't feel unique at all. It just feels like, you know, yeah, it's another Star Wars game. Um, And there's nothing to me that really stood out and was like, oh, man, this looks so great. I want to just add real quick, the thing that I liked story-wise that felt unique to me was that the syndicates look like it's the bad guys. So it's an underground crime family that's the bad guys, not the Empire. Although there is definitely dogfighting with the Empire at some point. But I do like the idea that, like, thank God, it's not going to be... I'm so tired of seeing the, uh, what are they called? The 
Inquisitors. I'm so tired of seeing the Inquisitors. Like, yeah. I, I'm done. As much as I love Jedi Survivor, how many are there? <laughs> There's not that many Inquisitors. I keep finding them. So, I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, we'll learn more tomorrow with Ubisoft, of course. But I think that's something to touch on, actually. This is an Ubisoft game, not Electronic Arts. This is the first Star Wars game we're getting after their exclusivity deals ended. You think so Ubisoft's going to take this time to use the proven cookie cutter or try something new? Oh, it's hard to say with them because they yeah. love their cookie cutter stuff. And frankly, I do, too. <laughs> it's not like I'm yeah, not going to play a Far Cry. I mean, climb, just, climb up the tower to the communications console. Unlock some of the map. Attack the Imperial Stronghold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Activate activate this some sort of like vision thing to see everybody in camp and then go yeah. into this game. I, but as we're describing that, I can't wait to do that. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's been the one that's been getting a lot of the praise online that everybody's pretty excited about. All right, so broadly going over the rest of the trailers, is there anything that stands out to you guys? Those are kind of the big three, but is there anything else that you guys want to make sure we talk about or mention? I mean, a lot of the shows, not just with Xbox, but with Summer Games Fest and the PlayStation Showcase, not a lot of exciting stuff overall. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not speaking for both of you, but just for my own opinion. I mean, there's a few things that caught my eye. Like, one of the coolest things I thought of was still wakes in the deep or still mm -hmm. wakes the deep. Sorry. By the Chinese room. Uh, they made the first amnesia sequel machine of pigs. And also they made, uh, Oh shoot. What's the name now? Dang it. <laughs> Dear Esther. I think, no, no, that's not it. Dang it. Gameplay looks very alien isolation to me. <laughs> I kind of got that vibe from it where I was like, Ooh, this is going to be a Halloween play for sure. You know? It is, yeah. I think for myself, being a horror fan, this is really exciting. Like an oil rig, that's a pretty cool area to uncover and, you know, see what's lurking in the darkness and the depths. That sounds kind of exciting to me. Yeah. And um, anyway, I'll, I've got more, but I'll let Scott go next. The, uh, was it, Avowed, I think it was called? That's a biggie. Uh, you know, I mean, that one looked pretty good. Might scratch that Elder Scrolls itch until we actually get an Elder Scrolls. Made by Obsidian, so it's a good sign. Yeah, you know, solid company. Generally makes good RPGs. Um, payday 3 could be fun. You know, if I have friends. I don't know if I have friends. Not uh, for Payday if 3. Would, <laughs> if they would like to play Payday 3 with me, that could be fun. Um, you know, the Cinema 2 trailer. We didn't see any gameplay for it. And, and that was yeah. kind of a, a thread through this whole thing was lots of trailers, no gameplay. But um, I am excited for the next in the series. I thought the first one was was absolutely fantastic and mm -hmm. such a unique experience. Have you beaten um, it? Yeah, I've beat the first one. I can't beat the son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I, well, well, I'm at the point now where if I, if I die one more time, I have to reset. You know how it does that? And I'm like afraid to die again. So I haven't gone back to the game. <laughs> so yep, I need to just yep, die, just, reset, uh, then go back in. You just need to get good. That's all. Um, well, guess what, Scott? I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, our problem. Uh, I do like how we know, have a third whisper, though, from what we could tell in that trailer. That's something new. Yeah, I, I will say for having no gameplay, that scene did kind of illustrate the way the game is, you know, mm -hmm. it kind of got you into that place that you are while you're playing the game where you just have these 
Great point. These whispers constantly, you know, confirming your own thoughts while then telling you, no, no, not don't do that. You know, and it was it was just like, man, that game is like haunting. Yeah. I want to throw out Clockwork Revolution, which feels like Ooh, Bioshock yes. <laughs> 4. It feels like Bioshock, another <laughs> one. Uh, but it's got time travel aspects. You could tell it changes how the world works. You have this like hopeful steampunk world or one where it's dystopian or a ther- uh, an authoritarian government or something like that. And your time travel affects how things went. It feels very much like a big story where you're going to be using the same level and they're going to be flipping the level design. I really like when something's smart about level design like that. And uh, I just really like this world. It looks really cool. And again, feels like a Bioshock. So I'm hoping they can level up. To- this is another one that people have been, people have been tweeting about this one, but they've been mentioning the fact that it's Bioshock infinite again, which is fine. Cause that game was really good as well. So that was another one that I wanted to give a shout out to. That's probably my last honorable mention looking through all of them. But, and and I'll say, actually, Cities of Skylines 2, because it, I saw that trailer and I was like, that's some insane detail. So I'm, I actually just downloaded uh, Skylines 1, just so I could play it, because that was like, oh, we're going to check this out. That looks pretty cool. I think overall, nothing there. You know, yeah, there's some interesting games. I actually thought Clockwork looked pretty neat. I'm excited for Cyberpunk, you know, um, and, and a couple other ones. I think overall, there wasn't anything that I was like, oh, my God. I can't wait to play this or I've been waiting for so long. Yeah. But it was, I think a very, very diverse group of games. There were a lot of games that I don't care about, but I think a lot of other people will, Um, you know, they were racing games, adventure games, RPGs, sci-fi, yeah. yeah, Fantasy, you know, yeah. Persona. Like there was, I think there's a little bit, of something for everyone in this showcase. I liked that too. I, I I was streaming it along, you know, as we do for all these things. And I remember I was thinking like, I was even saying like, this one's not for me, but man, look at those colors. Or I mean, this was not for me, but man, this music's cool. Like there was always something there. And I do like that their Xbox seems to be leaning in on that pretty good. A lot of PlayStation, well, I think it probably did a better overall job bringing in like the bigger hitters. Felt like, hey, this is the next AAA title that belongs to this franchise. This is the next AAA title that belongs to that franchise. Didn't feel like a whole lot of new stuff. There was some, but not a whole lot of new stuff. You know. I was going to mention uh, that Overwatch 2 update in August. Uh, dude, this is why me and Squeaks were talking shit immediately when they announced this. You know why? That's the exact mission we were playing at BlizzCon 2019. That game, that part, that update has been 100% done since 2019. We played everything they showed. And I was, we were talking back like, what the hell? That's a four-year-old update. They're just now putting it out because they decided to cancel PVE. Like that's all, all that stuff is literally four years old. At least it's like, oh my God, that's a shame. Yeah. Overwatch is such a great IP. I think it deserves a lot more better treatment by Activision Blizzard and soon to be Microsoft. Yeah. And, you know, this update, I just couldn't help myself. Like, you know, seeing a little bastion at the firing range and qualified as a feature. I just was like, wow. Yeah. That's really sad. It's a shame. Blizzard's, I love yeah. the Blizzard company. We're going to be talking about Diablo Endgame here in a moment. I think Diablo, I cannot believe how good this game is, but sometimes they like to really, excuse my words, but shit the bed. And they did it on this one for sure. And that's a damn shame. Again, guys, go subscribe to Headlines. It's on the every podcast app. YouTube uh, Reels, we're doing it on Reels now as well, and over on TikTok, 
And every day I update you guys on the news. So when the Ubisoft Connect comes out, you'll hear about it from me. We're going to be moving over to our reviews. Uh, first one is going to be a Diablo one. We're just going to be talking about Endgame since we did the full Diablo review last week. And then we're also going to be talking about Flash. We're going to have Thomas come in and talk about that one. So, first off, with Diablo 4, we're getting into the Endgame now. Paragon system and stuff like that. Uh, it's going to say Thomas again. <laughs> Scott, now that you're at the Endgame, what kind of changes have you felt with a game? Do you feel like it's thriving more in the Endgame or is it all about that leveling experience for you? Well, let me start off, Bob, by saying that I think that the campaign was excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do. They sh they probably should have illustrate like kind of let you know better in a better way. The game is really designed for you to just push the campaign from one to fifty. You know, maybe do some things on the side, and I think that's how it should be played because the campaign is a great story. It has. God, one of the best cinematics I've ever seen. Might be the best cinematic in gaming. That's how good that cinematic is. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, like <laughs> Wrathgate, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. It's like, hard. Well, right. But I mean, like, that one is so tied to us. But like, I'm not tied to Diablo like if I am for World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, I'm an easy date. I'm, I'm real loose on that. But <laughs> Diablo 4, I was like, is this a movie? <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, that sounds great. And I wouldn't even say I'm an in game, you know? Uh, or mid game is really yeah. what it is, you know. Yeah. And and what it would be in a traditional Diablo game was really you've just got in a nightmare, mm -hmm. uh, which is what it's still called, you know, nightmare mode. Which in the past, unless you had just been extremely lucky or you were just really great at the game and knew all the tips and tricks and you know got the right drops and farmed Countess enough times for rude words, you generally, especially as a first time player, you get to nightmare. And you walk outside and something hits you and you die, yeah. you know, and you just you're like, oh, well, OK, I, I can take care of that. And you like you struggle so hard and then you have to go back to normal mode and farm and farm and farm to do nightmare. And once you get from nightmare to hell, it's even worse. The lowliest thing is going to one shot you if you're not prepared, whereas I feel like there's a much more linear progression. I got to nightmare mode. Some things were more challenging. Things hit harder. But I didn't feel like the last 50 per levels of progression were a waste of time, which is kind of how you felt I do in Diablo say, games. Yeah, because you're collecting, I've said for the last half of the actual campaign, you're collecting legendaries that will form different builds you'll want to use at endgame. That's awesome. That's a great feeling that like other, because that's the other thing too, is Diablo 4, I would fully classify as an MMORPG as well as an action RPG. Like, it feels like that completely right now. I have never played an RPG where the things I'm collecting mid-game are something that's going to be viable and, as a matter of fact, crucial for the end game. And some of those legendaries, now I'm tweaking them and trying builds. That, and another thing, too, is the game's early enough on right now to where there is no meta fully. There are S-tiers and stuff like that, and I'm currently using one of the S-tiers for Necromancers, and, of course, I feel like a god. But... You could you could use the C tier for Necromancer, like that build, which is the all minion build, and still do very well. It's just you're not quite killing things just as fast, but that's what I do like. And even like the S tier build I'm using, I'm tweaking it, which is probably making it weaker in some things with more sustainability. But it's not like you can just plug numbers into a machine and it tell you this is what you have to do to be the best. That feels good. And Diablo, 
I think this one, because of its open nature, more so than the past Diablos, is embracing that more and more. Like it's just really letting you figure out a way to be as cool as possible. And it feels good. And the story, of course, is really, really good. Now, real quick, Kyle, we're just going to check in on with you. You're the midway point in this game, the campaign, right? What's the last thing you remember doing in the campaign? Yeah, I'm the casual of the group here, so I'm not as much of a nerd as you two. (laughs) But, you know, I'm taking my time with it. I like to, you know, I have this really bad tendency to want to do everything in a zone before moving on. Yeah, so I'm trying to get everything explored. For sure. <laughs> I want to do the side quests. I'm not doing all the Lilith statues and all the dungeons. That's masochist level yeah. completionism. But, you know, I, I just like to see the side quests. And I'm only now starting Act 2. Okay. And, yeah, I'm still very early in the campaign. But I am excited to dive deeper and learn more. That yeah. that scene hype you guys are all giving me. I got to get there. It's amazing. Uh, I think you probably already heard it from, from Scott, but just to reiterate, uh, don't do any more side quests. Yes, I know. I, I got to stop. I got to yeah. put the blinders on, campaign, just hit that trail, and I'll be hopefully alive and well by the end of it. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. you can. If you do side quests, guys, if you're not familiar with it, you'll out-level the last boss, Lilith, and like, she'll, she'll out-level you, basically you won't have the gear to fight her anymore. So you have to make sure that you're hitting her at about or under 50 uh, for it to be a fair fight. This review is a segment from our podcast, Challenge Accepted, hosted by both Thomas and myself, Frank. For the full review, check out Challenge Accepted, where we have a food drive going on right now. Link will be in the description. I want you to kind of give your non-spoiler one-minute review for this. We're not going to time it at all. That way you can kind of, gosh, this is going to be so, all right, let's try it. I mean, trying to not spoil everything and still talk for, I could probably give a 20 second non-spoiler review. Let's go with that. But I want to hear about action. I want to hear about story. I want to hear about acting. I think is very important in this one. Yes. So let's see how it goes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Perfect. I've already put a TikTok video out there about this, but. I was fully ready to boycott this, you know, being from Hawaii and hearing what Ezra Miller did in Hawaii and all these things. Like I was like, this is terrible. I'm not going to go see this. And then, uh, Warner brothers was like, here's a free ticket. So I was like, okay, I'll go watch it for a free ticket. I'm right. like, but let's be honest. I probably was going to go see it anyway. And, uh, yeah. So I was really on the fence about the Ezra Miller of it all, but they are so captivating. It's just the range of emotions they can portray is like insane. Uh, there's moments of like pure comedy, just cracking up, just fully LOLing out loud, uh, which is kind of redundant, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> just, you know, there's the sadness. Uh, you know, I don't think this is a spoiler, but if you read any of the comics, the thing that turns Barry Allen into the flash is his mother's death. And that kind of, pushes him forward to become the man he is and ultimately leads to him getting powers. Um, That plays a very important role in the movie. And he does such a good job of just kind of showing loss. He also does a good job of showing nervousness and shyness. Uh, Sorry, they do a great job of showing nervousness and shyness. And they also do a good job of leading the movie, like overall, like they're, they're a really good leading person. And so, it just is uh, all around. Yeah. Ezra Miller. Fantastic. Uh, let's see. Story. 
the story moves and it starts cooking from the beginning of it. Yeah. Through the end, it's just, there's action. There's something interesting going on and the action when it's done. Wow. We like hold That's tight. Cool. It's so cool. Oh God. Just some of the way they depict the speed force and just like him move or them moving fastly. Well, I guess the characters, he, him moving fastly through the world is super freaking cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, How much slow motion did they use? Cause they, that's a problem with flash. They always tend to go slow motion on everything. Yes. There's a lot of slow motion okay, for yeah. sure, but there's yeah. also, it's also done pretty unique. Okay. It kind of reminds me of, you know, that X-Men movie with Evan Peters, Quicksilver. Yes. Where that scene is like uh, super infamous. unique. Yeah. It kind yeah. of like set up the standard. Exactly. There is some of that where you're like, oh, wow, they're using slow motion in a very unique way. Okay. But there's a certain point at, at the beginning of the movie uh, where Barry has to go and, and help. And just that initial start to the speed force of it all. And and what it looks like just at a ground level is so freaking cool and okay. well done. The suit to me looks looks badass. They they crushed it on uh, designing that suit. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I kind of jumped around everywhere, but yeah. it ends in a very, for me, it ended in a very satisfying way. All right, guys, we're headed back to our recommendations for the week. Uh, Kyle, let's start with you. What is your recommendation for this week? Uh, yeah, something I didn't get to touch on earlier was during Summer Games Fest, uh, Lies of P, the demo dropped, and I played the heck out of it. It's actually a really lengthy demo. I highly recommend it to anybody who has any sort of interest in you know playing a Souls-like game or Soulsborne, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it actually does stand on its own. It's actually a really difficult, challenging game to progress in it took me quite a while to get that first boss down so you know i used the most basic sword though i didn't use the rapier which is op as hell oh yeah <laughs> and uh no, cool. it, it's a great demo it, i think it showcased a lot of what makes the game unique like especially in regards to the prosthetic arm that pinocchio the character you play as mm -hmm. what he uses when how you can switch different abilities with it i think it's really exciting i can't wait to you know get into the game proper in September. That is so your kind of game too. As soon as I was looking at the video visuals for it, I was like, Kyle's, I mean, he's such a Bloodborne guy. This is his right here. He's gonna oh, be excited. It, it definitely scratched that itch. Yeah, You know, that itch only got worse after the PlayStation showcase with the Bloodborne remastered news. Yeah. That well, was a I'm huge surprised. letdown. I'm surprised they didn't do that. That's a good point. I know. It was just like, really? And then Xbox with no Silk Song updates. I'm just like, man, this is, it's hurting me too much. Or gears. I know Squeaks <laughs> was hoping there would be something for gears, something. But yeah, it was it was none of their. Oh boy, Starfield better be really good. Uh, what's your recommendation for the week? <laughs> Look at you laughing. I'm gonna say check out Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> Righteous Gemstones is uh, is coming out the third season is coming out next week, and we are definitely gonna be talking about it. Me, Squeaks, and Daniel. We're in a group text of just Righteous Gemstone uh, gifs back and forth. It's so freaking good. Uh, so yes, check out season one and two. I just rewatched them, and I will probably rewatch them one more time before it comes out again on Sunday. So check that out, guys. It is hilarious. All right, thank you very much for joining us again. We have a giveaway for a shirt. All you gotta do is DM us a picture of your review for this podcast, and we will send. We will put you in the sweepstakes for a shirt. 
And then also, the more listens we give for Challenge Accepted, which you guys heard a review from Challenge Accepted today, uh, the more food we will donate to the food bank. So that's going to be in January 2024. All right, guys. Thank you again. Bye. Bye.